Today's show is brought to you by Pride of Bristol Bay, where you can get truly sustainable, high-quality, nutritious Alaskan sockeye salmon delivered right to your door. Pride of Bristol Bay's wild salmon is sustainably harvested in the pristine waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. Their focused team of fishermen are committed to the highest quality and handling standards at the point of harvest, creating the unsurpassed quality and flavor you'll find in every one of their wild sockeye fillets and portions. Each case of their wild salmon is labeled with the name of the Bristol Bay Fishing District in which the salmon was harvested. It's the ultimate in traceability. Boxes of supremely fresh frozen fillets and portions of the highest quality salmon are delivered to your door, skin on and already deboned. It is hands down the best salmon I've ever enjoyed. You can learn more about Pride of Bristol Bay and support their important work by ordering your first box of frozen salmon by visiting their website over at prideofbristolbay.com. And for the month of October, make sure you submit the discount code FEDANDFIT. That's one word, all lowercase, at checkout. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and I am honored, proud, humbled, all of those good things today to bring you this very special guest for today's guest interview. I'm introducing you guys to a company that I've been chatting with for a while now, and I cannot wait to tell you about what they're up to how you can play a role and the solution that they're providing us. It's big. It's really exciting. So today we're chatting with Matt Luck, who is the owner and CEO of Pride of Bristol Bay. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Cassie. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. I really, I was gushing before we even pressed record. I'm really excited about what you guys are up to because I know you will put it more succinctly. Do you mind telling folks? And, and just to set the stage, um, Pride of Bristol Bay is our brand new Fed and Fit podcast sponsor. So you'll be hearing a little bit more about them in addition to an extended recipe partnership that we're working on together. I very, very carefully select podcast sponsors. And I can't tell you how excited I am to be working with these guys and to bring their amazing product um, really just to the forefront and tell you all about it. So tell us about Pride of Bristol Bay, a little bit about yourself and how you got into the business of salmon, wild salmon delivery. You know, I've been involved with salmon fisheries in the state of Alaska on many levels since the late 70s. I've been a Persainer, which is a particular gear type, a particular way we harvest fish in Southeast Alaska, Kodiak, Alaska, Prince William Sound, where we lived for 20 years, and in Bristol Bay. Um, now, as I'm sort of towards the uh, the golden years of my career, um, we've sold off a number of our boats. The one constant through my entire career was returning to and fishing in Bristol Bay. Um, our industry, the, the commercial salmon fishing industry, sometimes the supply chain from the fishermen through the processor, through distributor to the consumer ends up being a pretty dry, simple, vanilla commodity system. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the consumer doesn't really have a chance to, one, to understand where their fish comes from 
and two, to create any kind of connection between the people that harvest the fish, uh, the place where they harvest it, and the product itself. Um, you might re you might refer to that as as um, as regional branding. You might refer to that as um, developing a, developing a brand that a consumer can identify with. And Bristol Bay is a really special place. It has been for it has been for a long time. Like I said, it's the largest wild sustainable sockeye salmon resource in the world. I've served on a number of trade associations in the Bristol Bay area, trade associations um, that represent the seafood industry in Alaska, and I've always been an advocate for trying to create um, an understanding of the regions create a connection between the consumer and the harvester in the place and the message associated with bristol bay is so genuine and so unique that um i just felt that that's where i would like to spend the last years of my career and also do what i can to create awareness about that resource and make this uh, beautiful product available to consumers that's wonderful. And you know, in a lot of ways, it it's almost feels like an answered prayer because I have received so many questions and inquiries from readers and listeners wanting to know what is the best seafood choice? And it's it seems to be such muddied waters out there, right? Because consumers are more informed now and we're asking better questions and we want to know, like you said, we want to know where our food is coming from. Uh, and I, I really think this is the right product at the right time when people really, really want it. Can you tell us, I had never heard about this term until you and I started talking, but can you tell us a little bit about seafood fraud and what that really means? <clears throat> sure, Cassie. So in the seafood supply chain for a consumer, whether you walk into a Costco, whether you walk into a retail outlet, a grocery store, whether you walk into a sushi bar, it's a maze that's really difficult to navigate. You'll ask a waiter, where did the fish come from? You'll ask a fishmonger behind a seafood counter, where did the fish come from? You'll ask a chef at a sushi restaurant, is this wild salmon or is mm -hmm. it farmed salmon? Is it fresh, is it frozen? And most of the time you'll be looking at somebody helping you that sometimes looks like a deer in the headlights and <laughs> what comes out of their what comes out of their mouth the answers they give you um, there's no guarantee that what you're getting is a straight is a straight answer um, there's an NGO called uh, Oceana and they did um, a review and a study of 1,215 seafood samples around the country uh, from retail outlets, grocery stores, um, sushi bars, restaurants. And of that, those 1,215 samples um, through genetic testing, 33% were mislabeled. In some places like Southern California, as many as 52% were mislabeled. In Unbelievable. York, in New York, 39% in South Florida, 38%. And one of the largest culprits of um, a seafood fraud was farm salmon being substituted for wild salmon. Um, most often, uh, salmon being sold as wild king or sockeye salmon and being substituted with farmed Atlantic salmon. So 
it's a huge issue in the seafood industry. And um, really important that consumers have the opportunity to know where they're sourcing their fish, to know where it comes from, and even take it one step further and know who harvests it, actually knowing your fishermen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really feels like the complete circle and really what we're looking for. And so the way to really better vote with our dollars, if we want to support, you know, those true chains, you know, the non-fraud ridden supply chains of quality wild salmon, for example, is to work with a company like Pride of Bristol Bay. As far as, as, far as I'm concerned, that's the way to do it. Um, are, in addition to asking some of these strategic questions, do you have any other tips for consumers as they're out there navigating the world of seafood? Well, um you know, asking the questions, knowing the knowing the questions, to, knowing the questions to ask. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, looking at uh, uh, the gentleman behind the seafood counter and, and asking him where it came from. Could you take a minute and and uh, ask your supervisor if this is wild salmon or farm salmon? Is this snapper that's being sold? Can you tell me where it came from? Do you know if it's fresh or if it's frozen? Um, and doing a little research on your own. The ocean. Shanna report is uh, wonderful and with every, with all the resources we have at our fingertips today with the internet doing a little research on your own before you harvest your fish or before you purchase your fish to feed your family um, can go a long way to making sure you know what you eat absolutely and just so the listeners know I'm going to link to that report that uh, Matt is talking about in the show notes and in, in addition to a bunch of other, other literature Matt has been heavily involved in producing some white papers and some really interesting stuff out there so I'll link to it all um, well another question for you so Bristol Bay in particular it, you said there were the five rivers it's one of the largest or the largest sustainable source for, um, for wild salmon what about Bristol Bay in general makes it really unique? The salmon there is unique. I got, I've been able to try Bristol Bay salmon and I can personally vouch to the quality. It's absolutely incredible. What makes the actual place so special and, um, and the salmon that source there? Well, the one thing that Bristol Bay has going for it is it's so remote. If you look mm -hmm. at a map of Alaska and you see the Alaska Peninsula, going out from the mainland to the southwest. North of the Alaska Peninsula is the Bering Sea. And Bristol Bay is north of the Alaska Peninsula and it's actually part of the Bering Sea. No road, no road access, no dams, very little if any industrial development, and um, just a pristine, wild ocean and freshwater environment. Um, the cold water fisheries habitat in Bristol Bay, like I said, is unprecedented. It is probably one of the largest, most robust cold water fishery, fisheries habitats in the world. In the last 50 years, the average return of wild sockeye salmon to Bristol Bay has been about 30 million fish. Um, the last few years, where some of the sam wild salmon populations in the Gulf of Alaska, south of the Alaska Peninsula and down through southeast Alaska, have performed in the range of 10 to 20 percent below the forecast. Mm -hmm. Bristol, Bristol Bay has uh, wild salmon returns in the magnitude of 20 to 30 percent above the forecast. So 
Uh, it's a, in today's world, it's a, uh, a poster child for sustainability, um, sort of the cornerstone of Alaska's wild salmon fisheries with very, very strong returns and a very uh, robust cold water fisheries habitat. Wow, that's fascinating. Matt, you're inspiring me to go defrost some salmon for dinner tonight. <laughs> I want some of that. I already have. <laughs> Good for you. We've had some the last couple of nights and I'm ready for more. That's so wonderful. Can you walk us through, you know, you've spent so much time uh, fishing and learning so much about this process. Can you walk us through your catching process, what it's really like? I know that it's, um, there's a lot of thought and a lot of care that goes into your company and how you're actually catching the salmon. Um, and then maybe a little bit about the packaging process. Sure. One of the things that we're really proud of and one of the things that we can <coughs> unequivocally promise consumers and folks that are, are uh, going to feed the salmon we produce to their families, um, we go to great length at the point of harvest to um, produce the very highest quality product that's possible. There are 15, uh, approximately 1,500 boats that fish in Bristol Bay. There's a small fleet of 100 boats, of which I'm a part, and we're held to much higher quality standards at the point of harvest. So, first of all, we're on the water for about six or seven weeks. When we leave the boatyard and launch the boat in, in uh, the Nagnik River and run it 10 miles down to the ocean and go out into Bristol Bay, we don't return till the season's over about seven weeks later. Mm. While we're on the fishing grounds, as fish come aboard, we have a number of different mechanical systems on the boat that help us um, uh, preserve the fish in a, in, a, uh, in a form that ends up being this really uh, premium quality, restaurant quality, fresh frozen product. So when the fish come aboard, they're actually bled. It's a pretty simple process. Um, what it does is, after the fish are bled, they're immediately immersed in 32 degree water. Rigor sets in really quick. The flesh stays really firm. And sometime in the next six hours, we'll deliver those fish to a larger boat, a large crab boat that has uh, huge fish holes full of 32 degree water. They take those fish from one of the hundred boats that uh, are part of this fleet. And within 12 hours, they're on their way into the shore-based plant uh, in Naknek, Alaska, where the fish are offloaded through a pumping system that takes the fish in a column of water up into the plant and then um, the fillet machines that actually fillet this fish, cutting edge technology, each machine costs over a million dollars, fillets the fish, removes the pin bones. They immediately go on a stainless tray through a tunnel freezer, are frozen at 10 below zero vacuum packed. And from that point, from the time they're frozen and vacuum packed to the time they end up at your door, they never get any warmer than 10 degrees below zero. It's a long migration for those fish from uh, a, a processing plant in Naknek, Alaska, 2,000 miles in the ocean on a refrigerated barge to a cold storage in Seattle, uh, and then on a refrigerated truck to a distribution center, and then uh, packed in dry ice in our branded box uh, 
in a cooler to your door. So it's a long, circuitous route. Um, but what you end up with is restaurant quality, fresh frozen fillets at your door. And you know who harvested them. You know where they come from. We even go one step further. We use a coating and inventory technology so that when you receive the case of fish, what we produce, it comes in a branded box and there's a map of Bristol Bay on it. The individual fishing districts in Bristol Bay are called out and on the box, there's a box checked for the fishing district that those salmon in that box were harvested in. So it's a level of traceability that you just don't find anywhere else. This is fantastic. I'm cheering you on. This is so cool. Um, this is just incredible. And you guys, I have had my my box delivered, my Bristol Bay salmon, and it showed up. I mean, I opened it up and the, the cold, dry ice air billowed out. <laughs> it was frozen solid. It was really wonderful. There's obviously so much thought and care that goes into that package. And it, and it just as a consumer, it makes me feel... I can rest assured that I'm getting, ex I know exactly what I'm getting. It's the highest quality fish available from the best, most sustainable source in the entire world from people that I trust. And it's just, and it's, and it's an, taste wise, it's just incredible. Um, I was going to ask you about the pin bones. And for those of you who don't know, those are, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Those are the bones that are found in fish, right? Well, they are. There, there are belly bones in fish. The pin bones you find um, from the collar, which is at the upper part of the fish, right where the head, neck meets the body. And in that, there's a line of there's a line of bones that are called pin bones, and they used to have to be removed by hand. But these machines and the technology that we have today, when you watch these machines work, the fish actually go through. Uh, the fish are headed and gutted. Mm -hmm. And they come down a conveyor belt, and there is actually a roller, a stainless steel roller, that has sensors in it. And the fish goes underneath that, and the software that helps operate this machine will actually change the disposition of the blades as the fish is being filleted, uh, depending on its thickness, firmness, and do a beautiful job taking all of the meat off of what they call the frame of the fish, but what are left of the pin bones. And there is another process that those pin bones are removed and you can barely even see the slice on the filet that was made to remove the pin bones, but they're gone, they're not there. And it's a skin on uh, completely boneless filet. As it's you know, because you've now cooked the meat enough. We've, we've eaten it now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was so good. And when we were diving into it, I really expected there to be bones because I thought there's no way that they deboned this fish. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no way. And because we've had, I've had lots of other uh, wild caught fish in our freezer and I have to sit there with my tweezers and pull out the bones, but I couldn't find any. And it was super, <coughs> you're right. You can't see uh, the, the cuts that were there to pull them out. So that's wonderful, wonderful quality. They come in whole fillets, which is really nice uh, for really anything that you want to do at home with them. Um, tell us a little bit more about the salmon quality from Bristol Bay, because I know that not all salmon, not all wild salmon 
are alike? Well, there are, they aren't, Cassie. There are five species of Pacific salmon. Um, as far as the quality of sockeye salmon in Bristol Bay, sockeye and king salmon, um, regardless of where they caught, are um, you know thought to be the they're generally what you'll find in a sushi bar, in a restaurant. Um, pink salmon, um, which are harvested in greater quantities and don't have quite the same value you often find in a canned product. Um, chum or kita salmon is often smoked, sometimes served fresh. Coho salmon, silver salmon is another one, not quite, not nearly as plentiful as sockeye. Um, and you'll often find that in a frozen product or a fresh product. But um, sockeye salmon has a really fresh, clean flavor, not very fishy. Um, but as far as quality, quality has so much to do with the way the fish is treated from the moment it comes on board the boat to the time it ends up in the freezer at the processing plant. And um, there's been oh, kind of a renaissance in quality in the last five or six years, particularly in Bristol Bay, because it's such a large fishery, because we harvest so many fish in such a short period of time. In the past, um, the quality has been, in the past, I mean, in previous 30 years, the quality has at times when there was not the technology to refrigerate fish and chill them, um, a lot of that fish went canned. A lot of it was frozen whole and shipped to China for reprocessing. A lot of it was headed and gutted and frozen in that form and shipped to Japan in containers. But now as there's more and more demand for good clean protein in the United States and consumers are willing to make an investment in um, having better quality fish on their plates, um, the industry has stepped up and raise the bar for um, taking better care of the fish at the point of harvest. And those of us that are part of this small fleet, um, and uh, we all fish for a company called Leader Creek Fisheries, um, we've made more of a commitment to produce a quality product. 100% of the, <coughs> excuse me, um, 100% of the, the product produced by our fleet for, along with um, Leader Creek Fisheries, goes into a fresh frozen restaurant quality product. Um, some of the other larger companies that um, operate processing plants in Bristol Bay, you know, anywhere from 25 to 50 to 75% of their product might go into fresh frozen. Um, we're one of the only fleets, well, actually, we're the only fleet that requires every fish to be bled, refrigerated at the point of harvest. And when we deliver every six hours, um, there are actually quality control technicians on board the larger tenders that verify that uh, the core temperature of, of our fish, the temperature of the water that's chilled in, and look to um, confirm that all the fish have been properly bled. Um, it takes a lot of extra work, but ultimately we know that we're producing a product that um, um, is kind of unprecedented and we can be really proud of. And we know that it's gonna end up on people's plates and they'll know where it came from, they'll know who produced it. And um, we're creating a model and 
and raising the bar for everybody around us to, to, to uh, and sort of challenging them to do the same thing. That's wonderful. Um, I applaud you for in the team that you work with, you know, to really take those steps. I'm sure that it's not been an easy process to pioneer that. And I'm sure that it's been at an increased cost to you guys. And uh, I know that it's going to be really well received. It's what folks want. It's what I want on my plate in my house. And I'm just, I'm honestly, my, my biggest emotion is I'm relieved you know, to have a source that I really trust and I feel really good about. So that's wonderful. Uh, Matt, if you don't mind, could you walk us through sort of the consumer experience? If someone wants to purchase salmon from Pride of Bristol Bay, what does that process look like? Sure. Um, we've really worked hard. I've really worked hard to try to create a simple, seamless process. Um, you know, the very first thing a consumer would do um, and I look at the analytics of our website all the time. Uh, you go to prideofbristolbay.com and we've tried to create some sub pages that in a really short period of time, the consumer can really sort of understand what we're about, about learn a little bit about Bristol Bay. And ultimately at the end of the day, when they go through the, the process of ordering, they'll, they'll, they're, they're, we've created a connection for them between um, uh, ourselves, who we are, why we're doing this, and uh, and the product that they're ordering to be delivered to their door. So <clears throat> the ordering process itself is simple. We haven't really reinvented the wheel. All we've done is, is taking, taking the simplest, uh, most efficient technology and, and systems available and choreograph them into a um, a process that a consumer can go to our website, learn about the fish. There are actually two products when you get to the shopping cart page. There are whole fillets that are skin on, pin bone out, um, averaging between a pound and a quarter and two pounds. <coughs> Excuse me, approximately 14 to 16 to a case. Or there are five to seven ounce individually vacuum packed portions, skin on and boneless. Um, sometimes uh, somebody's living alone or it's just a couple and they don't want to take out a whole filet for dinner, the portions serve them a little bit better. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So the process is simple. You basically, it's like shopping for anything online that you shop, uh, that you shop for. Uh, a shopping cart, choose the product. Um, there's a shipping map. We offer free ground shipping anywhere in the United States. And so what we've done is we've working with a perishable fulfillment group called Crystal Creek Logistics. And we move the product from Seattle and the cold storage to Nebraska in the middle of the country. So regardless of where you live, you order and your product can get to you ground shipping in three days. They have a very interesting system that's interfaced with the National Weather Service. So they put in your zip code. It takes the weather forecast for the next three days and determines how much dry ice you need to keep your product frozen. Yeah. So the whole process of ordering takes about two minutes. And um, you, like any uh, online e-commerce portal, you get a, uh, a confirmation to your email address for the uh, receipt for the product you purchased. And as soon as the product ships, you receive tracking information and you can follow it all the way to your door. 
Awesome. And then poof, it's like Christmas morning. <laughs> you have frozen, the best frozen salmon you've ever had or, the, you know, really ever on your porch. Um, that's wonderful. And so just to let folks know, I, of course, I will link to all of these in the show notes. You'll save a little bit by ordering <laughs> the whole salmon filet versus the, uh, the smaller portions. But, you know, you've, I love that you've accounted that and you're providing both for folks. That's really wonderful. Matt, thank you so much. Is there anything that we did not get to touch on today that you would really like to cover? Um, you know, maybe one last thing. And this is, yeah. uh, this is uh, it falls into the purview of really um, at least 50% of, of what I'm doing here is a, is a passion project. I've mm -hmm. had the opportunity to be part of the fishing industry in Alaska my whole life. When we were living in Cordova in 1989, many of your uh, followers, many of you um, probably know a little bit about the Exxon Valdez. Mm -hmm. And that was a, um, that was a really challenging time in the, uh, in South Central Alaska, not only for the, the wild fisheries resources, but for the people that live there. Bristol Bay is a really special place. And I give 10% of my pre-tax profit to a group that's responsible for, and has taken on themselves, sort of to be a steward of the resource in Bristol Bay. The, the national organization Trout Unlimited, their Alaska region, runs a campaign called the Save Bristol Bay Campaign. And their advocacy is centered around making sure there are responsible decisions made regarding resource development in Bristol Bay, particularly when it might put um, this wild salmon resource at risk. So um, you'll see on our website, there, there are uh, uh, multiple places where you'll see me re refer to the same Bristol Bay campaign. At the footer of every page, you'll see a little, um, a little banner that says wild salmon with a mission. And that refers to the portion of our profit that we give to this group. And, and um, I think it's really important that, that uh, people embrace the whole um, notion of uh, having good, clean, pure protein on their plate and knowing where it comes from. Also understand that we have some responsibility to be stewards of that resource. So I, uh, um, I'd encourage everybody if they have if they have a minute to visit some of those places on the website learn a little more about bristol bay little learn a little bit more of what we have to do to make sure that um generations in the future have the opportunity to in, to enjoy um the wild salmon that's coming delivered to your door that's wonderful matt thank you so much what it's just an incredible thing to be a part of and what an awesome role we get to play. We get the easy way out. We just get to buy salmon and enjoy delicious fish and support this amazing movement that you and your team are spearheading. Uh, but thank you so much for the really important work that you're doing. Oh, you're welcome, Kathy. And thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, the pleasure has been mine. I'm not even kidding. I'm geeking out over here. I have all kinds of fun salmon, fun topics we're going to talk about in the coming months because I think seafood is probably an under-discussed food group because probably because of, forgive the puns, all the murky waters in terms of information that's out there. And, uh, and I'm really excited to bring people some, some good truths 
and shed some light on what what the industry is really like and who folks where folks can really get not only the information that they can feel good about but products and sources they can feel good about sustainable sources and what that really means let's let's defog the smoke in the mirrors and, and get down to what's going on so thank you again for your important work and for taking so much time out of your day to chat with us matt oh you're welcome and thank you for uh for sharing this with all your followers and and uh together we can um, educate advocate and feed the world Heck yes, I like that. I think it needs to go on a t-shirt. <laughs> Educate, advocate, and feed the world. Well, everybody, you can learn more about Pride of Bristol Bay over at prideofbristolbay.com, just like it sounds. Of course, I will provide links to that over in the show notes on fedandfit.com, so be sure to check those out. Matt, thanks again. Everybody else, we'll be back again next week. 